Welcome to The Criminal Tax Files. I'm your host, Robert Nordlander, and I want to talk right now about badges of fraud. What is it and why it's important? When the civil side of the Internal Revenue Service conducts an audit or collection activity, they are trained to look for certain activities that could be criminal activity. These activities are listed in the Internal Revenue Manual, which is the IRM. The exact section is 25.1.2.3. So if you go into your favorite internet search engine and look up IRM section 25.1.2.3, you will see multiple pages of what could be considered fraud. Now, just one of these may not be, uh, but when there's a multitude of activities like this, this would be considered a firm indication of fraud. Some of the common ones are omitting entire sources of income. So if a business has a particular source of income that's continually off the books and not reporting on a tax return, that would be considered a badge of fraud. Failing to report or explain substantial amounts of income identified as received. Substantial personal expenditures exceeding reported income. In other words, their lifestyle is a lot larger than what they think what they say on the tax return. Failing to file tax returns for several years. Now, this is not a one-year type of deal, but several years. Cashing checks at a check cashing service and at banks. Why would anybody want to do that? Just cash checks. That would be an indicator of fraud. Making false description of receipts. So there's receipts, but yet they're characterized as something else or classified as something else in the books and records. Claiming fictitious or substantially overstated deductions. Just making up deductions out of thin air. Claiming personal living expenses as business expenses. That is very, very common, particularly with the corporate credit card being used personally, and then it's being deducted as a business expense. Multiple set of books. There is no reason why someone should have multiple set of books unless these different set of books are for accounting purposes. For example, sometimes there are multiple set of books. For example, there may be a tax set of books and a financial set of books. Now, tax set of books would be for what's deductible tax-wise and not deductible tax-wise. They're still both truthful. It's just a matter of how the beans are counted. False entries or false documents created would be a badge of fraud. Checks made payable to third parties that are endorsed to the back to the taxpayer. In other words, giving someone a check and then it's endorsed on the back so the cash goes back to the taxpayer. Attempt to hinder or obstruct the examination by failing to answer questions or refusing to provide records. United States citizens do have a Fifth Amendment privilege. However, just failing to answer questions, obstructing the IRS's investigation, would be considered a badge of fraud. Now, granted, this is not something that's by itself considered a badge of fraud, but in conjunction with other activities would be considered a badge of fraud. Failure to make full disclosure of relevant facts to the accountant, attorney, or return preparer common situation where the books and records are turned over to the return preparer, but not all the books and records. 
Transfers of assets for purposes of concealment. Concealing assets from the IRS. Asset ownership placed in other names. Transferred made in anticipation of a tax assessment or while the investigation of a deficiency is pending. In other words, knowing that the IRS is coming after a taxpayer, they know it's coming, so they start transferring assets out of a person's, out of their name to somebody else's name or to an alter ego. Use of secret bank accounts for income. In other words, Receiving income, but some income goes into another account that's not known or turned over to the Internal Revenue Service during the collection process. Deposits into bank accounts under nominee names and conducting business transactions in false names. Now, badges of fraud can ultimately become a criminal prosecution. Not one of its sometimes, not one thing by itself is considered fraudulent, but many of these activities I just talked about are just on the surface fraudulent because there would be no reasonable explanation to create a false document or to have a second set of books or to um, not turn over all the information to the return preparer as as needed to file an accurate tax return. Uh, as mentioned before, the civil side does do fraud referrals to the criminal investigations when they find these types of activities. However, the chances of this happening is very, very low. Approximately 6 to 7% of all cases opened by IRS criminal investigations on a yearly basis comes from the civil side or fraud referrals. So there you go. If you have a client or potentially know someone who's engaging this type of activity, then they may have a chance of actually being considered a fraud referral. I spent over 20 years as a special agent with IRS criminal investigation. And during conferences between a federal prosecutor and defense attorney, I was the resource that both attorneys relied on, which put the defense at a disadvantage. That is why I wrote the book, Criminal Tax Secrets, What Every Defense Attorney Should Know. This book is an insider's guide to evaluating every stage of a criminal tax investigation. From the civil audit to sentencing, you will know what questions to ask, what documents to review, and the common weaknesses in every tax investigation. Criminal tax secrets, what every defense attorney should know. Get your paperback or Kindle version today, only at Amazon. Thank you for listening to The Criminal Tax Files. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. The Criminal Tax Files podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not legal or financial advice. If you are facing a criminal tax investigation, please seek legal assistance or contact us for a referral. The Criminal Tax Files is a production of Nordlander CPA, PLLC, a forensic accounting firm near Greensboro, North Carolina. To learn more about our services, please visit us at nordlandercpa.com or visit the show notes in this episode.